Spotlights. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 160, Trey. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, and I am joined by... Marvel.com senior editor, Ben Morse. Yeah, that's right. Senior new, editor up in this biatch. It's my new title. Did I tell you you weren't here because you were out all week at the retreat? By the way, hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Adrian Cowan, our social media manager, mm -hmm. goes to me the other day. She goes, Ben, can I get your editorial opinion on something? And I said, no, but you can get my senior editorial yeah. opinion on something. And then I gave it to her. Yeah, um, That's like a DX crotch chop. It was. It was mm, a little HR questionable. So it was too, uh, <laughs> that, like a metaphor. Oh, a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Anyways, uh, thank you guys for joining us. This is a rare these days totally non-special episode yeah right we're not off-site we don't have a special co-host the most special thing about this is that we don't have an intern uh also that we're recording on thursday yeah, we, when we normally record tuesday so we can actually talk about more that's happened yes we have uh, more news we have more yep. insights and why are we recording on Thursday, Ryan? Because Monday through Wednesday, I was in a locked room mm. with uh, like 50 dudes and five women. And uh, Was it locked? No, no. Mm. I'm, I'm exaggerating on every level okay. here, but uh, all the editors um, and a huge number of creators were in town in New York City for our winter editorial retreat for comics where we... So, well, I, I say we, but uh, they <laughs> plan out the next, you know, two or so years of what we've got yep. coming up in the books uh, and in the Marvel Universe and beyond. And uh, a lot of stuff taking shape, really cool looking past Secret Wars and everything that we're doing. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting because having gone, you know, I've been going to these for so long, but the last couple, a lot of it's been talking about Secret Wars and right. figuring out Secret Wars. And here it's like, okay, Secret Wars is boom, 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 boom. Yeah. We know this. Okay, coming out of it and then, you know, way down the road, um, which was super fun. Yeah. People would – I know people would always love to be a fly on the wall in these, but this one in particular because no one knows what Secret Wars is. No one knows what's coming out of Secret Wars. It's very interesting to follow along with your, your notes and see what's kind of coming up. It's going to be a seismic shift, I would say. In many ways. Like Earthquake and Typhoon, like, stomping around yeah, the ring. Like, There's going to be a lot of wrestling yeah. references today, guys. Sure. Deal with it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. John yeah. Tenta. Oh, he, he was a good dude. Yeah. They're good both worker. dead, aren't they? Typhoon is still alive. Good for him. I'm <laughs> happy for him. He's okay. Yay. He's probably working construction somewhere. I like to think of him as Tugboat now, with a little hat, like, off not, to the side on his head. Not the Shockmaster? No. Or Uncle Fred? What is Uncle Fred? After the Shockmaster didn't do so well, <laughs> um, they repackaged him as, like, his whole gimmick was that he was just clumsy Aww. in WCW. So he was just clumsy Uncle Fred. Um, they were some mean dudes. Didn't last long. Not Came back to imagine. WWF as Typhoon after that. Yeah. For, like, a second. Well, but you it's know. All good. Yep. It's all good. This, this podcast is dedicated to you, Natural Disasters. Yeah. Always in our hearts. <laughs> Love you, boo. All right. Uh, so if you're just joining us for the first time, we won't always just talk about wrestling and stupid BS, uh, but uh, this It'll is happen. the official Marvel podcast of everything that we do. We're going to talk about all the new comics out this week, uh, talk about new games out this week. A lot Some, of game stuff to talk about this week. Yep. News, new releases, all kinds of fun stuff. There'll be a section for our West Coast uh, correspondence yep. a little bit later, and then we're going to get into your questions and comments. Just so you guys know, this is not a Twim URC episode uh, because of all the craziness we've been dealing with the last two weeks. I wanted to make sure uh, we had ample time to read them more 
than that that I had ample time to read them, and I haven't yet. Uh, I so, read them on the plane ride to Vancouver, mm-hmm. so I have to. I may have to reread. <laughs> that was to a while refresh ago. Myself. Yeah. So we'll do Marvel Zombies next week. Uh, remember to get your tweets in using hashtag TwimURC. I mm-hmm. uh, saw so that there are already some, but we'd love more because uh, it's a super fun story. Yep. And uh, I dug it. So uh, diving right into the books out this week, though, Ben, you're up. I'm up with All New Ultimates number 11, the dun, 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 penultimate issue of All New Ultimates. This is coming to a close. This uh, had a nice little 12-issue run, written by Michelle Fief, art by Amalcar Pinna. Continuing the collision of many different elements, the Ultimates have been kidnapped by members of the Serpent Squad. Taskmaster is on their tail. Bombshell is on his tail. It's a nice little chase scene here. Some folks get free. Again, Michelle is just introducing all sorts of crazy ultimate versions of characters you probably thought you'd never see. We got ultimate crossbones. We got ultimate Mr. Jip. And then on the last couple pages, we get an ultimate version of Terror Incorporated. So this book's all over the place. Not the Terror Incorporated you're you're expecting. Well, to be fair, was anyone expecting any sort of Terror Incorporated? So I don't think it was... In my heart, I'm always expecting Terror Incorporated. It's not the Terror Incorporated anyone was expecting. But it's going to build to a nice finish next issue where all of these characters are going to have a big free-for-all. And we'll see who emerges to go on to the next phase of the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. All right. On to Spider-Verse. Amazing Spider-Man number 11. This is the third official part of Spider-Verse. Uh, hu- I mean, every issue is huge when it comes to Spider-Verse, but uh, big moves where uh, with the two Spider-Men of 616, uh, Amazing Spider-Man and Superior Spider-Man. There's some really great interactions therein. Uh, I love the way Olivier is drawing um, Superior's little leggy things. So good. So creepy. Uh, and I mean, so I think dangerous. they're arms, right? I like that they go no, You're right. They're legs. Let's go spider, legs. spider legs. Yeah. A lot of spider deaths in this one, Mm. Um, both in, like, alternate realities and in where the main battle takes place. And I was really bummed by the two big ones. Yep. Uh, And it was, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call out the editorial team on this for something I was not happy about, which oh, was... I think were... I know. Okay. We'll see. All right. Well, no. all right. So I do the Spider-Verse scorecard thing yeah. where I, like, say who is introduced every time. Uh-huh. And they've been very good about kind of every time a new Spider-Man comes in, doing a little, this is what Earth they're from, like a little tag thing, which makes it much easier for me. They bring a bunch of new characters in here, no tags. No tags. So I am going to have to, like do some research Ugh. and find out what earths these Spider-Man come from. Because yeah. I I didn't know, I actually thought the one who is at the very beginning who ends up swinging off with Miles, I had no idea who that was. And then when I learned it, it was, I was like, a second. oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it took especially me a hot the, second. Especially they do it with the art. Yeah. Um, Olivia does a really good job with that one. Oh but I don't know what earth he's from. I don't think they know what earth he's from. Right. Because he's new. Correct. Ish. So, yeah, that's my one great. Story's great. Art's great. Editing, most part, great. But yeah. uh, they blew it. Also, this this guy shouldn't have been there. If you ask me, swinging around. Um, yeah, that yeah. is a mistake. He was. Uh, That's a glitch. He was uh, yeah. deep sixed, yeah. as we say in unless, the business. Unless we're seeing, unless this takes place before that tie-in, which Let's it not, could. But on. don't they have the body? Yeah, that's All right, that's what right, I'm saying. You're right. You're right. That's what I'm saying. Who also, who is Boobalicious Spider Lady? Oh, that I don't know was who she is. She's, well, that, yeah, that's a what if Spider Lady. That's that's either, a little too much. But that's the thing. That's, that's a lot of cleavage. But, here, but here's the craziness. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's a character from like the 70s. Wow. Really? Um, yeah, I think it was a what if 
like Gwen or I don't know who it is, like Gwen or Mary Jane or it's some female Spider Man character became Spider Man. It was from a what if, but it was like an early what if. Yeah. So yeah. Totally nineties costume on like a seventies or eighties character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I who assistant edited this book? Because I'm not gonna blame Nick. Because Nick's the best. That's and we love Nick. Uh, we just have associate Ellie Pyle walking oh, out the door. Wow. Ellie Pyle. All right, so I have no problem laying the blame for all the problems yeah. here. Get on out. Ellie Pyle. She's gone. Yeah, get this, out, Ellie. This this would have been it had she stuck around. This <laughs> issue would have been the the breaking point. So she's lucky she got out when she did. Um, we get uh, really like to see the we get to see the futility of this battle. And I don't know how they're gonna win, man. Right, like. And just the sheer overwhelming odds against yeah. all the spider people here on a number of levels. And it's just, it's Bad News Brown. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to pull this out. Definitely yeah. Bad News Brown, RIP. Yep. Amazing Spider-Man Annual, number one, because we got lots of Spider-Man this week. We got a little extra. This is cool. Uh, love our annuals. Love when we do something special. In this case, it's three stories. One by Sean Ryan. He yeah. used to work here. So. Uh, has been writing a little bit for us. Really like what he's doing. I uh, would like to see him get a regular gig. He does a story illustrated by Brandon Peterson, which is also fun to see. Brandon Peterson on uh, Tears. It's a nice little just day in the life of Spider-Man story where he is swinging home and he encounters a very mundane situation and decides, I need to help solve the situation and then all the things that prevent him from immediately solving it. Hawkeye puts in a nice appearance. Uh, they have some fun with Hawkeye's uh, new new old hearing problems. Um, and then we, we see it's just a cool, it's just a bunch of cool moments. It's, it's a nice, it's a perfect story for an annual. Uh, then the second story is this comic strip that we actually previewed by Kale Atkinson, which is adorable. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the Amazing Spider-Aunt. It's all about Aunt May. Uh, it's totally wordless, but it's just Kale doing his cartooning and showing May interacting with all these spider villains. It's, it's awesome. And then the final story is this kind of weird stuck-at-the-end story by Jay Nitz, who I interviewed years ago for Wizard. Um, and it is illustrated by Ron Salas, and it just, it kind of like, is this weird premise where, first of all, the villains are Dr. Bomb. It's so great. Ruby Thursday. It's, uh, it's the headmen. Literally some of my favorite weird Z-level yeah. villains Angar that we've the, ever created. Angar the Screamer. Who I'm Angar sure. the Screamer is one of the yeah. greatest creations in our history. I'm pretty sure he's dead, but whatever. They're, no big. They've all been dead. They're all dead. That's the best thing. So they fight Spider-Man in this weird situation, and the whole uh, premise of the story is Spider-Man's not telling jokes. And then there's a reason why. And they're really confused. Like, it totally really throws them off their game. Yeah, Spider-Man's not telling jokes, and it freaks them the F out. Yeah. They're like, terrific. nothing is right with the world. Yeah. Um, on to Amazing X-Men, number 14. This is an Axis tie-in issue. Uh, written by Chris Yost, art by Carlo Barberi and Ivan Coelho. Uh, so this is focused on Nightcrawler and Mystique, and they are uh, flipped on their axes. Hmm. So Nightcrawler is totes a jerk, uh, really mean, scary, using his powers in very awful ways uh, and looking to hurt people. And Mystique is the hero. She's, you know, trying to save people, trying to save Kurt, who is her son, and, you know, like, finally giving a damn about him. I mean, come on, lady. Um, about time. Yeah. But it's a, a good emotional issue. Between, there's another Mystique issue this month, this week. Uh, between those, I really like the depths that we're getting to for that character. Um, it's interesting. I mean, and 
they both take place in different times. So it's a different. They have different sides of her coin, and it's it's great. Hey Ryan, mm. you know what happens in five months? Uh, uh, you know time runs out. Yeah, time runs out. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, so in Avengers number thirty-nine by Jonathan Hickman, and Mike Diodato, time is continuing to run out. It will run out in five months. In this case, we're starting to kind of the crescendo of the Shield Avengers, led by Steve Rogers, and their pursuit of the Illuminati. This issue is framed by Reed Richards narrating a missive to his daughter, Valeria, trying to pass on his knowledge in these kind of final days. Say, like, you know, once I'm gone, this is what I need you to do in order to survive. And at the same time, Steve is bringing his team down on the Illuminati. In this case, the team is primarily Falcon, who is now Captain America, Sam Wilson, Captain Marvel, and then War Machine, who we find out has a whole new role in the Time Runs Outerverse. So the three of them and a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. backup go up against the Hulk and Captain Britain and Black Panther and the rest of the Illuminati. It's some good fights. Um, we're continuing. Hawkeye gets a role as well. Continuing to kind of like, you know, learn what's up in this new world, the status quo. But also you get to see the Illuminati be pretty clever and great art by Mike Diodato. Then the last page is a great twist. Um, I love the elevation that Jonathan is doing with some characters in this story. And the last page Hell is a great example of that. Yeah. All right, on to Avengers and X-Men Axis number seven. Uh, this is Rick Remender and the incomparable Adam Kubert. Uh, colors by Edgar Delgado and Jesus Abertov. And um, there's sort of Two stories going on here. One is in Latveria. Scarlet Witch is taking, looking to take out vengeance against Doctor Doom. Uh, and Doom is, you know, he's been flipped, so he's got a whole bunch of different priorities, and he's trying to speak, you know, talk reason. Magneto's there. Quicksilver's there. Big family dynamic. But we get some big revelations in this issue, which I'm sure we'll be talking about in the coming weeks, especially on the site and... Um, in relation to other books and specific characters. Uh, so I won't spoil it here, but big, big stuff. Definitely pay attention to that. On the other side, uh, we've got the three major factions battling here. We've got the X-Men, who are evil jerks. We've got the reform, the the inverted villains, who are trying to be heroes, along with Spider-Man and um, like Steve Cap. Rogers. Yeah, Steve Rogers. Uh, and then we've got the Jerk Avengers, uh, yeah. who are... They're kind of so, off to the side. Right. But they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're regrouping. They're very close, and they're yeah. starting to... They're like, well, we got to get in this game, I guess. And mm. then you get the guy on the cover on the right there. Yes. Well, the, the, the X-Men. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but he's an entity unto himself, yes. despite being affiliated with the X-Men. Right. So we've got, yeah... Apocalypse making big moves mm -hmm. this issue. I didn't notice it until now. Mm. There's an adorable cat on this cover. There it is. That hey, cat better hey, get kitty. out of the way. Yeah. Good lord. Somebody. I'm sure, I'm sure Deadpool saved it. I hope. Well, mm. Deadpool does not have a good outing in this issue. He tries. He, he tries his darndest. Gives it his all. He gives it the old Deadpool try. Yeah. Uh, big, big craziness in the Rick Remender vein. More Axis, more Doctor Doom and Scarlet Witch stuff. Avengers World Number 16 by Nick Spencer and Frank Barbieri. Art by Marco Cicchetto, who kills it as always. Uh, another look at the Doom-Scarlet Witch battle and Valeria Richards and her substitute Avengers getting in the mix, trying to help Doom to contain the Scarlet Witch and do something with her. Stingray. Stingray. It's a huge hero moment, so that's going to make some people happy. 
Uh, and then there's a big twist in here that some of you guys probably already know about because it's kind of out there. Uh, Nick Spencer talked about it during the Ant-Man chat we did last week. But a something occurs that will have major uh, impact on the Ant-Man ongoing series and on Scott Lang. And in the final like two-page epilogue, we see Scott and Darla Deering from FF in a little sequence written by Nick and drawn by Roland Rosanis, who's going to be doing the Ant-Man series, teeing up that book, which is going to debut in January. Ben, did you say you wanted more Axis? Because you got I mean, more Axis. Yeah, I, I, I can always use more Axis. We've got Axis Carnage, number three. I believe this is the final part of the limited it's series. It. It's it. Written Sorry, by Alex Lopez. <laughs> written by Rick Spears. Art by Hedermann Peralta and Rain Barreto. Uh, you know, it's Carnage uh, trying to save the day, facing off against this new Sin Eater. Uh, Sin Eater is... I still don't know where, like, what its deal was. Yeah, I don't really know what its deal was, but uh, it's fine. It's cool. It's creepy. It's super weird. Uh, I like the twist of how Carnage beats it. Uh, and then it's like there's this moment of serenity for Carnage, and mm. you sort of start to like, I like this guy. Mm. He's, he's going to, you know, there's good stuff ahead for him. It's Carnage. Uh, and then he gets, you know, sort of kicked in the balls in mm -hmm. a sense. Uh, and he's still keeping Doesn't he literally get kicked in the balls? He probably does. I think he did. Yeah. Uh, but he, you know. He's sort of, you know, even at the end, he's like, he comes to grips with being a hero. And, you know, only good things coming for Carnage yeah. down the line. Carnage, our new hero. Yeah. All right, I'm going to talk about a book that kind of caught me by surprise because it's it's third issue, but this, like, jumped up for me. I really, really enjoyed it, and that's Deadpool's Art of War, written by Peter David, art by Scott Coblish. Of course, the conceit here is that Deadpool is trying to rewrite the book The Art of War by Sun Tzu and make lots of monies off of it and he's gotten entangled with the Asgardian gods so Loki is now invading Midgard Thor and Odin were imprisoned Hela took over Asgard they wrapped that up pretty quick and then Deadpool and the heroes head back to Earth where you have pretty much the bulk of the Marvel Universe from Hulk who has a nice homage to the Avengers movie with Loki and oh, so good. you got the Mole Man, you got all the Avengers, you got Spider-Man, all these different characters, Doom, Red Skull. I just enjoyed this issue because I really think Peter David is making the most out of kind of using this um, idea they gave him where like illustrate this stuff from the art of war using Marvel characters and situations. He's doing it in a way that's action-packed and that's funny. Um, and I think the use of all the characters is funny. It, like, this feels like this weird kind of in a vacuum self-contained big event because it has all the characters and it's this big epic yeah. story but it's just a fun kind of one-off miniseries and Deadpool doesn't get lost in it he feels very natural and the art by Scott Coblish is just tremendous uh, this is I, Scott Coblish did all those great kind of homage issues of Deadpool where it's set in different time periods but here he just draws crazy like this, this giant sea monster isn't that Giganto? yeah Giganto Hella. Um, when he did her crazy costume, the funny stuff, the big stuff, it feels big. I, I love this book. Yeah. I really, really like this issue. Like, it was phenomenal. Why don't you marry it? Um, I'm already married. Oh. And I don't live in a polygamous state. That's too bad. If I lived in, like, Utah, maybe I would consider it. Prob Fair. Probably wouldn't do it, but mm. I didn't think about it. Um, and as you mentioned, we have more Mystique this week. A rhyme there, a little yeah. couplet. I don't know if that's a couplet. No. Um, Death of Wolverine: Logan Legacy, number six, written by James Tinian the Wolf, and art by <laughs> Andy Clark, which was oh, great boy. to see him on a Marvel book. Oh uh, yeah. 
kind of cool, like Chris Westony sculpted style, super not realistic, but like it's very. Like, like, like if you look at the eyes here, mm -hmm. you think, oh, there's some little Lanil Francis Hugh, but he's just totally yeah. his own thing. It's it's, it's very kind of those sci-fi. Look at these lines that he does here. Yeah, so he does good. a great job, and the story's awesome. It's a flashback and current story with Mystique. Uh, how it's her, a heartbreaker. Yeah, it's her and Destiny, which is always heartstring tugging because oh. I love Mystique and Destiny's relationship. Yeah, um, they were lovers, guys. Yeah, putting it right out there. Yeah. Um, it's how they tried to take over Madripoor back in 1974, and then Wolverine stopped them, and Destiny set events into motion that take place in the present. So now Mystique, uh, off an old tip, is kind of trying to figure out um, what the death of Wolverine means for her, and she gets basically a message in a bottle from the past from Destiny, who kind of tries to tell her, like, look, Wolverine's dead. This was a big obstacle in your life. This is what you can do now. And we also get to see Mystique use her powers in all these crazy ways. We, not just her shape-shifting and her kind of explaining. I like when she explains, she's like, you know, even if people see it coming, like they know I'm shape-shifting, that one second of hesitation when they're like kind of caught off guard is all I need, which is a really cool way of putting it. Is this the, is it this issue or the other one where she's talking about how it hurts when the bones? This and is the, the one. Oh, uh, I was like, that's a really like yeah. interesting exploration. Yeah. She says exactly. She says it hurts to transform bones growing and shrinking, skin and sinew pulling and parting. And then she talks about how turning into Wolverine is the hardest thing because of his claws Ugh. and because of the wrists and the forearms expand to make room. But yeah, James Tinian really like explores Mystique in a way few have done here. There have been many, many Mystique stories. So I would love to see more done by her with this creative team, potentially. Yeah. Or just in general. Um, and yeah, the Destiny stuff is always just kind of very emotional. Yeah. Um, good issue. Very good issue. Uh, George Romero's Empire of the Dead, Act 2, Number 4. Uh, it's vampires, and it's zombies, and it's transients, and it's <laughs> military dudes, and it's people backstabbing each other. And there's one guy who has, like, three wives, and he's looking for another. Yep. Uh, well, he's a vampire mayor of New York, so you know, I mean, he can't can't put him in a box. Nope. No box for him. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just coffin. You can't put him in a coffin. <laughs> lots of violence. Very violent, very bloody. Uh, you know, George Romero wrote it, and Dalibor Talajik drew the hell out of it. Uh, and it's just, there's a great line at the end. This, like, there's guys like, this can't go on. Yeah. Like, talking about the vampires and the zombies and living that kind of life. It's a pretty and, devastating book. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Annual Number 1. This is a special treat-out this week, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Beautiful art by Frank Cho. Hot um, damn. It's always nice to get a Frank Cho issue. This is really weird, um, but it was a perfect kind of like Guardians one-off story. They're out in space, and they come across like old-school Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D., and uh, it gives Frank Cho a chance to do some great homage pages to like some old um, Storanko stuff. But basically, it's a Guardians-S.H.I.E.L.D. team-up against the Skrulls, and Bendis keeps you guessing the whole time as to how this particular Nick Fury can be here. Is it time travel? Is it something else? What's going on? Um, and I had like a bunch of theories going right up till the end, and one of them proved to be true, but a good job making me guess which was which. And it's framed by Captain Marvel Carol Danvers sending a message back home to Jessica Jones, I think was the implication. Mm -hmm. um, Basically saying, like, yeah, I'm out in space. It's fun. I like these people, but I'm really homesick. And then the most adorable, oh my God. sweet thing to end the book. Ugh. 
I died. I literally died. And you're back. Yep. But yeah, really cool. Again, another perfect use of an annual. That's how you do it. Nightcrawler number nine, not an annual. This is part of the book. Um, <laughs> written, I guess that's worth pointing out. Written by Chris, Chris Claremont. Beautiful art by our buddy Todd Nock. Who Did is you see Todd's uh, tweet about having his art next to a Charles Atlas ad and how excited he was? Oh, God. There is a Charles Atlas ad. In there. There's yeah, Charles Atlas cool. ads in all of them. And he's re yeah. he was really into it. It was great. Dude. Hey, man. Todd. Todd's living the life. He's always having fun. Yeah. But hey, man. Nine issues. He has yet to miss a beat. And I think it's safe to say he will not miss a beat because no. Todd draws really well, really fast. Uh, we've got Nightcrawler against the Shadow King possessed X-Men. So you can see him go up against Beast and Colossus and Storm, Rachel Gray and Iceman, and especially Psylocke, who proves to be super dangerous. So as with any good Shadow King story, you get to see the X-Men using their powers in ways they might not necessarily do it. You can see Nightcrawler playing the hero, learn a little bit more about these pirate characters and Bloody Bess and all this crazy stuff Chris Claremont's doing. Um... It read like a classic X-Men comic, which is what I want when I yeah. pick up a comic that is written by Chris Claremont. Heck yeah. Starring Nightcrawler. So it was great. Yeah. Uh, on to Punisher number 13. This is uh, written by Nathan Edmondson. Art by awesome uh, Moritat, who is a European artist and just so damn good. Colors by Veronica Gandini. And this is not a Punisher-focused issue. I don't believe we see Frank at, all, see at all in this issue. This is all about... The Howling Commandos, the the power, the military group Howling Commandos that are featured throughout the Punisher series that Nathan's come up with. Um, super cool, like to see their history, their background, get a lot more depth into their characters. Um, I love the hell out of this issue. I mean, I love this run, but uh, this was definitely really a, a, a solid issue to flesh out so many things. Uh, up next is Rocket Raccoon, number six, written by Scotty Young, art by Jake Parker. Um, this is, it's another, like, it's adorable. It's a done-in-one where Rocket has to go on a mission for uh, Cosmo. Uh, and, you know, there, there's a couple layers there. One of them is, hey, there are these robots who were awful. And this planet of AI robots, they wiped everything out. Then they were warring. And then they were like, hey, let's just be peaceful robots and live our lives. And then they did that. But then someone out in space was like, hey, you're great at war. Yep. I'm going to steal a couple of you. So a couple of those war robots were stolen. And it's up to Rocket to help out this, uh, this one of the peaceful robots who's like, my friends are gone. You can't tell that, though, because he speaks in binary. Yep. And unless you have a binary translator. But it's great because he's basically Groot for this issue. Yeah. Uh, Groot's stand-in. Yeah, because uh, in the beginning, Groot's like off doing yeah. his own he's on his vacation or something like that yeah. and uh, you know this uh, pseudo Groot robot dude is helping him out uh, and they you know go to take out the bad guys but I like yeah. when they go undercover and yeah. the robot gives Rocket a hard time about not hiding his tail and Rocket's like well if I, if I rolled it up into my butt people are just going to think who's that short guy with the huge butt tumor <laughs> this is great yeah uh, lots of exploding stuff lots of robots fighting uh, just amazing character designs I love Jake's work on this. I yep. mean, he is friggin' great. It's a really, uh, it's a very seamless transition. Mm -hmm. It's not from easy to Scott. fill in for Scotty. No, but he does it. He does a great job. I love his Cosmo. Uh, so cute. Uh, we save the day and we get a really sweet little moment at the last page. I just love that. Fantastic. Big number one this week: Spider-Man and the X-Men get a new ongoing series. Um, it's so funny because I feel like this used to be like a practical. This was a practical joke at one point. Back, back in like 
before we even worked at Wizard. This was an April Fool's joke. Really? That there was going to be a Spider-Man in the X-Men series back in like 1999 or something. Lo and behold, here in 2014, Here we are. it has come to pass. Uh, it's written by Elliot Kalin from The Daily Show. Um, and it is drawn by Marco Faia. And it's a cool little different kind of take on Spider-Man. Spider-Man, as a teacher at the Jean Grey school, he is trying to uncover, as Wolverine's basically, one of his dying wishes was, hey, there is one of the, one of the kids is a mole. I need you to uncover what's going on. Spider-Man wades in. First of all, I... I kind of got a kick and kind of felt bad about how many of the X-Men don't like Spider-Man. Particularly Storm was super mean to him. Yeah. Uh, and I also like how Iceman was kind of like, hey, we're friends, but I'm not, like, I'm not going to get in trouble. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and there was a lot of stuff in here where they were just like, dude, you're a human. You shouldn't be here. Like, you don't get it. You don't know what it's like to be a mutant. Um, but Spider-Man tries his best, tries to get through these kids. Because it's Elliot Cannon writing it, there's a lot of funny stuff. Uh, like when the Bamps teleport his shirt away and mm -hmm. all this other junk. Uh, Spider-Man decides to take them on a field trip. He's trying very hard to both be Spider-Man but also be a good teacher. And they come up against the Dream Team. Just, I was so excited. Like, I can't believe this has never been done before. Uh, of Sauron and Stegron. Yes! The dinosaur tag team champions of the universe. Oh my god, the best. And they've got a plan and they are going to execute it. And <laughs> look, because for a sec... There's a Savage Land tease, which I think it's great how it turns out. Uh, just great. It's a, it's a, it, it reminds me very much of Jason Aaron's Wolverine and the X-Men. It's a good mix of like fun, but also serious action. And the art's really good. Uh, Marco Faye is an excellent addition to the Marvel stable. And this is cool. This is I, I didn't know what to expect from this series, and it's cool. It turned out well, and I think Spider-Man. There's a, there's a lot more potential for Spider-Man interacting in this setting than you might think. Like you can get more out of it than just the occasional team up. Yeah, ten year old me is just sobbing, <laughs> like it, beautiful happy tears over St uh, Stegron and Sauron. Oh my god, so exciting! It was yeah, very uh, smart. All right, over to Spider-Verse team up number two. Two. Great stories. Uh, I'm going to talk about the second story first. It's a Spider in the Dark featuring Spider-Gwen and a goblin character written by Jerry Conway. Yeah. Great art by Steven Sanders with colors by Andrew Crossley. And it's cool. It's, you know, uh, Spider-Gwen goes into this uh, alternate reality where there's a version of Peter Parker who had basically gone too far and killed pretty much everyone who opposed him, all his villains. And he just went, like, he went down the wrong path. Uh, Gwen died and he snapped. And, you know, he, he took on this mantle of the goblin, still being Peter Parker and who he is. Um, and so there's an interesting dichotomy between the two of them. Spider-Gwen, she couldn't save Peter. Uh, this goblin character couldn't save Gwen. And they have to fight the, the matriarch of the Inheritors. And it's a brutal uh, issue, both emotionally and physically. Uh, I feel really bad for Spider-Gwen. She, like, got thrust in that and then zoop, right out. Um, which I hope she kicks this lady in the face mm. really, really hard, like so her teeth fall out. Uh, but the other story, oh boy. the other story is one of my, I mean, I love Spider-Verse. It's yeah. one of my favorite events we've done ever. And this is up there in some of my favorite stuff because we've got 67 Spider-Man from the original uh, animated series, the one that Ralph Bakshi worked on. Ralph Bakshi is one of my animation heroes. He's amazing. Uh, so we have that. Take that into account. You know, like all the memes that you've seen out there, that influence. So many good jokes. So many good jokes. Uh, then you've got Ultimate Spider-Man from the current TV show, which I also love, and yeah. he's a great character and a very different, like, 
Well, I'll get to that in a second. And then Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man from the Ultimate Universe. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think what's really great, Christos Gage wrote this, Dave Williams, uh, Dexter Vines, and Chris Sotomayor worked on the art, uh, but Christos does an amazing job of totally differentiating all three characters, all their voices, everything that they know, the way they act. Like, it's just so friggin' perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's set in, uh, they give it an Earth designation. It is Earth, or, oh, the designation. No, they don't give it an Earth designation. No, 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 it was, it was given an Earth designation in this. Was it? Yeah, yeah. It was, sorry for that sound. I think uh, they do. I'm, also, I will bet worth you noting back, five American dollars. You know, what, you know what else we didn't talk about in this Amazing Spider-Man issue? What? Uh, in related to Ultimate Spider-Man from the TV one? You're right. They do. I it's am Earth right. 67. Earth 67. Um, where the little, like, chibi Spider-Man comes in, yeah. and, and he totally explains it like, yep. on panel. That was great. Yeah, uh, because if you watch the Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. TV show, he breaks the fourth wall a lot. There's a lot of really, like, silly gags and stuff like that, which I think works really well. This is set in Earth 67, which is the... Uh, Spider-Man 67 Spider animated universe. And it looks like the cartoon. Yeah, I like to make the jokes about not being enough windows on the buildings. Yeah, there's, uh, like, how are there only six buildings? No building yeah. in New York City is six windows, six windows wide. Uh, no skyscraper is that tall. Uh, they have to face the, you know, Sinister Six-ish yeah. characters. Uh, and also, who's this guy? I can't remember. Um, there's a great oh, name. Noah Body. Yeah, Noah Body. Noah Body. Who I don't remember him, but I'm sure he was on the original uh, cartoon. Uh, they have to fight him, and they, you know, they all get messed up. Uh, it's just really, really funny. Lots of great jokes. There's a really uh, the great payoff for when Miles unmasks. Yeah, and then like when Ultimate Spider-Man mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. like, but what he says had me rolling. It's just fantastic. I really hope that we don't kill. 67 Spider-Man? Because that would break my damn heart. I, I'm excited we're going to see. I, to me, 67 Spider-Man going back into the regular Spider-Verse adventure is right there with, like, Spider-Ham being there. 100%. It's just being, like, a cool what-the-F moment. Yep. <clears throat> I loved this issue. Super fun. Thor number three, written by Jason Aaron. Great art by Russell Dowderman, who just grows by leaps and bounds every page, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, more of the new Thor in action. And with Mjolnir on the other side of a wall in this issue, she's got to fight Frost Giants and a little bit of Malekith. And she's got to use... It's funny, because we talk about a lot when heroes get deprived of their powers, them having to use kind of their smarts and figure a way out of it, which she does here. But also, it really is just like her heart and her guts yeah. that propel her here. Um, and I still am continuing to love the dichotomy of her having the Thor voice when she talks, but having the whoever it is voice when she's inside her head. We get a tease of who she is. Like, we almost find out who she is, but don't find out this issue. Uh, we also get some backstory on Malekith dealing with the Frost Giants, um, and we get more on the Minotaur, on Roxxon. All these villains just kind of clashing up against each other, and just great characters. Great characters across the board including one who comes back on the last page who's going to make the next issue very, very interesting. Uncanny X-Men Annual Number 1, written by Brian Bendis. Oh, my God. Art debut, Marvel debut, by Andrea Sorrentino. Oh, my God. Who brings it. <clears throat> this is the lost story of Eva Bell when she disappeared from Uncanny for an issue or a couple pages or something. She bounces around time, because those are her powers. Um, we get to see her with Killraven which is always fun. You get to see her <clears throat> in the Old West with the Rawhide Kid. Is it the Rawhide Kid, or which one is it? Sure. 
Yeah, Rawhide Kid. So this is just a cool trick of time. I love how Andrea Sorrentino illustrates her powers and how they work. Um, it basically uses like numbers. Just awesome, awesome art. But then she ends up in 2099 where she encounters this group and I'm like, who is that? And I realize this is actually the X-Men 2099. Like he, Andrea redesigns them but like these are the actual yeah. characters who are in X Men 2099, which no one ever references. I know. Ever. I look because like this guy was Metalhead. the big silver dude. Yeah. yeah I can name them all. It's Metalhead, Mean Streak, uh, Skullfire, <laughs> Serpentina, Zian, and I forget her name because she was a later edition. I think her name is Sham. Um, but I loved X Men 2099 and Ron seeing, Lim, bro. Oh, seeing these characters was amazing. Just the fact that Bendis and Sorrentino actually went there yes. and modernized them oh my God. made it for me. Loved it. So she ends up in 2099. She meets or finds Ilyana, who is still alive, and then who is the Sorcerer Supreme? She's the Sorcerer in that, Supreme. That time period. Yes. And then there's a time jump. Stuff happens. Don't really want to say it. But it it's, leads. We we get seven years later. Yeah, we, for, we go seven for years evil. later, and she's been there the whole time. And stuff has happened. <sighs> Character altering, crazy stuff happens to Eva. Uh, like, it, think of step back for a second. Yeah. Think about seven years ago. I've been working here for seven how years. How much has yeah. happened in your Seriously. life in seven years? For, and this is for the listeners too. How much can change? Yep. Who you are, what you think, what you do, where you live. Just the person you are in seven years, and that happens to Eva. And if you yeah. then step back and think about where she was in in the original story, she goes in. She's a kid. Mm -hmm. She comes out. She's a woman, woman. And it's it's it blows my friggin' mind. Yeah, and seeing where she's been at in the last few years, she's of uncanny. It's like, oh my god, she's got a lot to tell. And this story will continue in all new X Men Annual Number One. So it's not even done yet. But the art, magnifique. Really happy to have Andrea Sorrentino. Uh, Great classic story by Brian Bendis and the X Men 2099. What more can you ask for? Phenomenal, issue. phenomenal stuff. All right, X Force number 13, written by Cy Spurrier, art by Ten Eng Huat and Kevin Sharp. So, X Force, just say it, they got away from Phantom X, uh, who still looks awesome um, in his new, like, hybrid X Force angelly costume. Phantom X is running around causing havoc all over the universe and the world. Well, X-Force tries to regroup in their base. Uh, Hope Summers is getting a lesson from someone we don't know. It's pretty excited to find out who it was. And meanwhile, Cable and Marrow are torturing Volga, trying to get answers out of him. Domino and Psylocke are fighting. Dr. Nemesis is being Dr. Nemesis. All of this is setting up whatever they're going to do next to try to take out Phantom X, who is now the big problem. But there's also Turning Point stuff in here for Hope and uh, what that's going to mean for the rest of the X-Force team and for everybody else. Yeah. Final book of the week is X-Men number 22, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Harvey Tolibau, Dexter Soy, uh, and a host of others. This is the conclusion to Exogenous, uh, where we have our cast of X-Men on peak, the, uh, the swords uh, space station, dealing with uh, a traitorous manifold tiger, dealing with Sharada, Darth Darth Blood Scroll, Brood Scrolls. Uh, there's a lot of words going on. Yeah, a lot on. of stuff happening. Uh, a lot of violence here. A lot of big, uh, really great emotional moments for Rachel Gray up in here. Um, you know, Jubilee. Jubilee, I just 
I freaking love Jubilee. Yeah. She's just the best. Uh, violence, crazy, weird creature designs. I think they do a great job with that stuff. Um, just, just a cool conclusion to this big story. All right, so we had 20 books this week. Hot Actually, dog. no, we had 20. Yeah, 20 books. We had 20 books. Of those 20, what is your Twin of the Week? Uncanny X-Men Annual number one. Yeah? Yep, mm. hands down. I thought you were going to go Spider-Verse team up, which was also great. Yep, it was so close. Yeah. My my second and third choices and very, very close would have been Guardians Annual and yep. Spider-Verse team up. I had Thor in the mix. Yep. I had Spider-Man and the X-Men in the mix. Uh, but re-recapping it here, uh, Deadpool's Art of War. Gets mm. for me. Nice. I mean, Death of Wolverine was really good, too. That was so good. Uh, so a lot of good stuff this yeah. week. Um, and all those Axis tie-ins are very interesting as well. Yep. But, yeah, some some cool stuff for you guys to check out. Yes. Additionally, collections on sale. Marvel Masterworks, The Mighty Thor, Volume 13 in hardcover. I thought that was Gosh. a typo, but it's not. Um, Mighty Avengers, Volume 3, Original Sin, Not Your Father's Avengers, which had that great uh, 1970s Avengers oh, story. Oh, that story was so good. Savage Hulk, Volume 1, The Man Within, and Wolverine Epic Collection, Volume 1, Madripoor Knights. Patch. Patch. A lot of patch. Patch. And everything is on the app this week. I Every comic ever made? Is that what you're saying? Every comic that came out this week, oh. all 20 that we just discussed, are Bam. available on the app. Right on. Uh, also on sale, we've got Amazing Spider-Man 110 through 120. Uh, we've got the first six issues of the 70s What If series, which gives me hope mm -hmm. that, you know... We'll eventually get to the 90s series, which oh, is God, my I bread and so. butter. Yeah. That's all I want to read. Wasn't it technically an 80s series? Didn't start started in the, in the 80s, 80s yeah. yeah. yeah it started like but 80, I think 70, of it, Yeah, I think of it as a 90s series, too. Yeah, I mean, it went 120 issues. Sure, it ran for the bulk of the 90s. Yeah. So. Oh, so good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then Wolverine 1 through 16 from the uh, his first ongoing series. Uh, also on the app, we've got collections including Astonishing X-Men, North Star, Avengers Masterworks Volume 7, Black Panther, For the Hard Way, Mighty Avengers Volume 3, The Original Sin uh, book, Red Hulk, Hulk of Arabia. That was a really fun story. Yeah, yeah. Good art. Totally. Uh, who was the, the the dude with the sword? Mm, I forget his name. Yeah. That was a Jeff Parker villain. He's he awesome. He was really cool. Yeah, he was yeah. really cool. Love to see more of him. Uh, Savage Hulk Volume 1, The Man Within. Ultimate X-Men, Volume 18, Apocalypse, Wolverine, Epic Collection, Madripoor Knights, and Zombies Christmas Carol. That's right. Written by our good friend Jim McCann. Yeah. Freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited, we've got All New Invaders, number 6, All New Ultimates, number 3, All New X-Men, number 28, Amazing Spider-Man, number 1.2, Avengers Undercover, number 5, Captain Marvel, number 4, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, number 2, Deadpool, number 30, Hulk, number 4, Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble, number 9. Mighty Avengers number 11, New Avengers number 19, Original Sin number 3, The Punisher number 6, and Superior Foes of Spider-Man number 12. Hot dog. So much. Yeah. Um, I guess it's time for news. It is time for news. Break it down. And we got plenty of news this week. Uh, first of all, in comics, in the Marvel 75th anniversary category, we have the top 10 heroes of the 2000s rolling out. Uh, this was a really fun one. It was a really interesting one. It was from the last 15 years. Uh, thus far, going into Thursday, we have revealed... Uh, I know yesterday we had Jessica Jones and Maria Hill. I know we've already had the Young Avengers in there. Um, we've already had Miss Marvel in there. And then we had the Ultimates and the original Ultimate Spider-Man, Peter Parker. So those are the first six. We got four more to go. Last week, Tim Stevens wrote a piece about Civil War, specifically about the issue of identity 
and how secret identities, uh, particularly for Spider-Man and Captain America, fueled that story. And he's got some more civil, uh, some more 75th anniversary stuff coming up this week. We also broke the news or covered the news or something that Jeff Loveness, who is a writer on Jimmy Kimmel, is going to be doing a another one of these three-part um, special three-part specials that we've been doing. This one's going to feature Amazing Spider-Man, All New Captain America, and Inhuman crossing over in a three-part series coming up this winter and spring. Video game news. Ton. First of all, the big one, the one we've been waiting for, uh, the one we traveled to another country for last week, Marvel Contest of Champions is now live. live. You can get it on Google Play. You can get it on the App Store. We have both already downloaded it. Uh, you played it yesterday and this morning. I played it yesterday and this morning. Yep. It's great. Yeah. It is astonishing how much they're able to fit. Like, I'm, I've been playing it on my phone. I haven't played it on an iPad or anything yet. I, can really yeah. imagine I don't need to play it on yeah. anything. My phone... That's, that's, what it, that's, what, that's what blew me away is I was like, oh, I'm probably going to have to play this on an iPad. There's no way it's going to work on the phone. It works. It's great on the phone. It's easy to play. Yeah, what do you um, have? An iPhone what? iPhone 5S. Yeah, and I have uh, Samsung Galaxy Note 4. Yeah. And it's a gorgeous game. So beautiful and really easy to play. Yeah. Not hard at all. Totally intuitive. You get used to it really quick. The story's fun. The dialogue Sam Humphreys wrote is great. There's a lot. There's a lot to it already. So kudos to the folks at Kabam. Kudos to Sam Humphreys. We will have more coming out on this. I think we have, depending on when this podcast gets published today, we've got more videos coming. We've got a look at our visit there that Jason Chung put together, which he did a great job cutting. Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't had a chance. Yeah, check it out. It's, cool. He did a great job. Um, we got some trailers coming. So Contest of Champions, it's live. It's out there. We're super excited. Awesome. In other games, uh, the Spider-Verse event is kicking off in Spider-Man Unlimited. This means a ton of new characters. You got Superior Spider-Man, you got Spider-UK, you got the Inheritors as villains, you got a ton of new content um, that is rolling out as we speak. Disney Infinity, which of course is available just in time for the holidays. Uh, Matt Cabral has been speaking to some folks who worked on that game, from designers to some of the people testing out the toy box stuff. A lot of stuff about the toy box features. That's great. And then Apple has uh, awarded both Spider-Man Unlimited and Guardians of the Galaxy, the Universal Weapon, with uh, basically being some of the best games of the year. That's so great. We congratulate them, and we uh, thank you guys for making them that way. Hooray! Um, speaking of games, our friend Bill Roseman mm. has uh, he's moved over from publishing to yes. even though he was still here yesterday. Well, because he I'm came back. Getting that. Yep. Getting to that. He's moved over to games as creative director for Marvel Games, which is super cool. Because man, he's done everything in this industry. Mm -hmm. He's done PR. He's done marketing. He's done editing. He's done writing. He's, he's worked done for every company. Pretty much every company. Yep. Um, and he's he's a great dude. Really, really happy to see him, and really, really excited to get him. You know, working on the games. Um, and he was here for the retreat. Uh, really getting a sense of, okay, here's what we're doing, here's what we're going, and then taking that information and, you know, processing it in a mind for, okay, video games. What are, what are cool things we can do with the characters, with the concepts, with everything that we're developing to sort of sync everything up? And I think as we go along, we're going to see more and more of that, and I think it's really cool. And that's a lot of why, that's the reason why I go to these things is so that I can say, hey, X, Y, and Z, Things or characters are, are going to be really important, so let's figure out cool things we can do with them. Let's make sure we have content and spotlights around them. So um, it's just very cool to see Bill 
in this position doing his thing and um i think we're gonna see a lot more uh really neat stuff coming out of that absolutely yes uh and now let's kick it over to mark and patrick i'm Uh, sure we'll say some incendiary stuff that you guys will enjoy and that we will ignore yes Hello, this week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh for another thrilling installment of the Stromy and the Wolfman show, starring the Wolfman and Stromy. So, kick- wait, 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 if it stars the Wolfman and Stromy, why is it called Stromy and the Wolfman? It sounds better. Fair enough. All right. Patrick, what you got for us this week? How about you kick this off? I'll kick things off by reminding you that Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is available on basically every format you can imagine. It's out on 3D Blu-ray, Blu-ray, DVD, standard definition digital download, high definition digital download, and three-dimensional digital download. It is not on VHS nor is it on lots of other pointless dead mediums. Betamax? It is not on Betamax. Shoot. Although give it time and I'm sure someone can pirate a copy for you. But we do not encourage anyone pirating copies of Guardians of the Galaxy to Betamax. Oh, good point. I probably should not be promoting that. So instead, you should go out and pick up a copy of Guardians of the Galaxy on your preferred format. I prefer Blu-ray. If you pick it up on Blu-ray or 3D Blu-ray, you'll get tons of special features on the site. We posted some of the bloopers that you'll be able to find on the 3D Blu-ray and the Blu-ray. Also, we posted a clip of a Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron behind-the-scenes video. You'll be able to see that whole thing on the uh, on the Blu-ray there. So that's out. That's exciting. That's really cool. It's, it's here. Want to know what else happened on Tuesday, the same day that uh, Gardens of the Galaxy came out on Blu-ray? Tuesday. I feel like something has been happening on Tuesday for the last few weeks. It but. has been. It has been. We've had new episodes of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but this Tuesday we had the big winter finale that had tons and tons of revelations, some tragic, sad moments, some awesome moments, lots of moments that I can't really spoil. I'm not going to spoil because, you know what, lots of you guys may not have seen it yet. I commend you for holding off. Yes. So so I won't say anything about that. However, if you have seen it, you can go to marvel.com and you can read our interview with executive producers Jed Whedon and Marissa Tantrone. They talked about a lot of the revelations, a lot of the... Um, twists and turns from the episodes you can go inside with that you can also download the latest episode of this week in marvel's agents of shield in which i talk with executive producer jeffrey bell who also wrote the winter finale and we go really in depth on i think i think we talk i think it's close to like a twi-man interview just talking about everything that happened in the winter finale because for those of you who have seen it There was a lot of stuff that happened in that winter finale. Uh, There is also going to be a reading list that will be going out shortly on the new characters that were introduced in the 
uh, or the new race of characters, I guess I should say. He is tiptoeing around. I am tiptoeing. I am trying. You, you committed to that no spoilers, and you're now tiptoeing around how you're going to talk about this. Exactly. I have no idea how I'm going to talk about this. But there's a reading list. There are actually going to be a few reading lists coming up. You can find them on the comics section. Um, so if you don't want spoilers, maybe don't go to the comics section front uh, the next few days. What I would recommend is up there. I recommend just watching the episode as soon as possible. I kind of recommend that too because there's a lot of stuff that happened and a lot of stuff that I can't really talk about stuff until you've seen it. So go see it. Anyway, we also had an interview with Reed Diamond who plays Daniel Whitehall on the series. We posted that a few days ago, but I mentioned it because I thought it was a really great interview. He's got a lot of really fun stories about going to the launch party for the classic Bring on the Bad Guys trade paperback that came out back in the 70s, I believe, where he got to go to like this Manhattan penthouse. His dad brought him there when he was a kid. And like Stan Lee was there, John Romita was there. Romita was just like doing sketches of your favorite Marvel character for free. It's a really, really great interview, actually, so I highly recommend you hang over to marvel.com, go over to the TV section, and you can, uh, you can find that all there. We also did a live blog on Tuesday with executive producers Jed Wien and Marissa Tantrum. They answered a lot of your questions. You can go back and replay that live blog now on marvel.com to see what all they had to say. But while Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't returning until March on ABC. In the meantime, we've got a little show called Marvel's Agent Carter that premieres Tuesday, January 6th at 8, 7 central on ABC. Two-hour premiere. Of course, we've been releasing some awesome new stuff this week, including something Patrick just posted a short while ago. That would be the, uh, a new poster for Marvel's Agent Carter. You get to see her wearing a cool red hat and a cool red jacket pretty cool so great and it also has the, i mean i don't want to just me trying to describe it is not as cool as just seeing it yeah you should probably just go see it because patrick isn't great well words. i gave all the pertinent information red hat blue jacket you gave the time and the date of when it will premiere with a two-hour special event eight seven central tuesday january 6th 2015 also we speak in the two-hour premiere we released the synopses for the two hours that you will get to see on January 6th. You can actually, those should be up by the time this podcast goes live. And we will also be releasing a, another clip from the episode that features Peggy talking with her roommate, Colleen, sort of uh, tiptoeing around the fact that she is a spy because uh, she, well, being a spy, you don't really want people to know you're a spy. You don't, you don't wear t-shirts that say, I'm a spy. No, no, that, that probably doesn't, that probably isn't good for your uh, career. Although, it could be a really interesting bluff to wear a shirt that says, I'm a spy, because no one would think you're that dumb that you'd actually wear a shirt telling people you're a spy. Yeah, there is some logic to that. Anyway, we also, uh, that will be posted, if it's not up by the time this podcast posted, it will be up very shortly after this podcast. All right, then moving into the realm of casting news. Last week we had a couple of really big announcements. Namely, we cast Benedict Cumberbatch in Doctor Strange. He will be playing Doctor Strange. So, of course, we have that to look forward to in November of 2016. We also announced that Kristen Ritter 
will be playing Jessica Jones in Marvel's, a.k.a. Jessica Jones for Netflix. Of course, the second 13-episode series we are producing for Netflix following Marvel's Daredevil. So we have that to look forward to also coming in 2015. Or not also, rather, but that's coming in 2015. And Strange is coming in 2016. Well, Strange has to wait a little bit longer because Cumberbatch has to go to Strange Medical School. That is, that is true for training. Yeah, you have to... Uh, he's really committed to the role. Yes, yes. He's, but uh, Strange Medical School is actually a secret school that we're not allowed to talk about. You know? <laughs> Maybe they should have a sign on that school that says, this is a strange medical school to make people think it's not. The, well, there's some logic to that. All right, Patrick, send us off. What have we got going on in Marvel Animation this week? Well, coming up this Sunday, we've got a marathon of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors. That's not the theme song. Not sure why I got that fanfare. Other than I'm excited, we're posting a uh, listicle, a new feature on our site that reintroduces you guys to all of the new Warriors. Also, later this week, we're going to be posting a gift guide featuring gifts for, uh, if you're a fan of those web warriors, all sorts of cool things you'll be able to buy. Um, So tune into that this Sunday starting at 9 a.m. I believe it's six episodes that they'll be showing on Disney XD where uh, Spider-Man's recruiting all these new heroes. Some join them, some are against them. But watch the whole thing this Sunday starting at 9 a.m. Also, later this week, we're going to have another highlight reel, if you will, featuring Marvel's Avengers Assemble, where we're going to be showing you guys some of the bigger threats that the Avengers have faced so far this season. So keep your eyes out for that. And again, just tune in Sunday mornings on Disney XD for episodes of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors, Marvel's Avengers Assemble, and, of course, Marvel's Hulk and the Agents of Smash. Great. With that, we're going to sign off on you. As always, tweet at Ben J. Morse about how much you love the Stromy and the Wolfman show and how much you want to see a hashtag Wolfman, hashtag Action Man feature film. And congratulate Ben J. Morse. He's now the... Senior editor of Marvel.com. Very true. Send, he, send him your congratulations. But to be fair, he got that title by going around and giving us noogies the way that a senior in high school would give noogies to people who are not seniors in high I, school. I was going to say it's because he's older than both of us. Yes, he's a senior citizen. <laughs> it's, it's a parenthetical where it says senior parentheses citizen and parentheses of Marvel.com. Yes. Whatever. But in all seriousness, do congratulate him. It is a very well-earned uh, promotion. And, yeah, that pretty much wraps up everything we've got for this week. We'll kick it back to those fine fellows in New York. Until then, have a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous-er week. We thank you for listening. And, as always, remember to drink your Ovaltine. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Before we get into questions and comments, yes. I want to give a quick shout out and thank you on uh, both our behalf and some other folks here at Marvel to Ring of Honor, mm. who let us go to their show, uh, Final Battle, on Sunday. It was a lot of fun. Gratis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Court Bauer took great care of us. We get to see our boys, Christopher Daniels and Gazarian. But if you haven't watched it yet, uh, go to ROHWrestling.com. You can watch the replay for Final Battle. You can watch their TV show. Just a really 
fun wrestling company that's trying different stuff, and they treated us really well. I had a blast at the show. The six-man with uh, Daniels, Kaz, and Cedric Alexander against ACH and the Young Bucks is one of the most insane matches I've ever seen. It's probably my favorite match of the year. Yeah, it was really incredible. And it, up there of all time. like just, And it, it helps that we were there live and mm-hmm. we were experiencing it and we had friends in the match. Mm-hmm. But stepping back from that, like um, we had the, the dude, the James was his name? Jay? The genie from Aladdin? Oh, yeah. Our new buddy James from Aladdin. Yeah, he... Um, this guy's awesome, by the way. He's We're going to have him back and have him on the podcast. Yeah, he, yeah. He's a Tony winner. He played the Genie Aladdin. He's become good friends with Blake. Yep. Um, but he's a huge, huge comic book fan and a huge, and a wrestling, huge fan. wrestling fan. Yeah. And after the match, uh, like he just he was like, oh, my God, that was yeah. a great – like he doesn't know any of these guys. Yeah. He doesn't even – I don't know – he doesn't like know no Ring of Honor, so – He knew it pretty well, dude. Yeah? He was – because our other friend Kyle, who's an editor at Valiant, yeah. was there, and they were talking like – 2003 wow. Ring of Honor. Okay. So yeah. he knows his stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh but, but like, he was still he was yeah. just bugged out. And man, the Young Bucks. I've been I've been talking about the Young Bucks to myself mostly. Yeah. Uh but they are They're the it. bees knees. There's the thing, man. Even uh Daniel Sweet the other day, he said um how much he liked that everyone enjoyed the match and he totally didn't mind that it's being called the Young Bucks match. He's <laughs> like that's what it should be called. My gauge rather than James is when we bring of course, our official legal consultant, Dee Lee, who has watched like three wrestling shows but is totally into it. Yep. And she went crazy for that match. Yeah. Um, and also, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that Chris Daniels, I think he teased it on the podcast, his ring gear. Oh, yeah. Him and, him and Frankie both wore X-Men themed tights, but Chris's ring jacket had a full like silk screen John Byrne X-Men on it, and it was, and he had goggles on it. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, so great. I love the show. Made event was a little violent for me. I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> I do not usually cringe at wrestling stuff, but when Adam Cole stuffed tacks into Jay Briscoe's mouth and then kicked them, I thought that was a little much. Um, I'm just going to say it. I've it, watched it the, disturbed me a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. I've watched a lot of Japanese okay, death matches. So you've seen worse. So I've seen a lot worse and a lot like like gruesome things. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is great. I, this was in my wheelhouse. I'm, yeah. I'm all about. I was just worried matches. for Jay Briscoe, man. He had tacks like in his throat, and that can go really, really wrong. He seemed okay, but he the was end. fine. Yeah. He pulled it out. He's a tough, one of the toughest dudes I've ever seen. Yeah. But go to rohwrestling.com. Follow him on Twitter at Ring of Honor, and I'm sure we'll have more wrestling stuff to talk about in the coming weeks. But that was what oh, was yeah. on my mind. This particular time. Yeah. Oh, and tonight is the big NXT show. Oh, yeah. You're going to watch that live? I Debut of, of our boy, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. I have my in-laws in town, so I don't know if so I'll be able to you watch make it them, live. You make yeah. them watch. Like, hey, guys, we're going to sit down and watch some NXT. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a hell of a show. I will watch that before week's end, okay. certainly. Sami uh, yeah, Zayn very excited the damn title. Sami Zayn's up. There's a lot of interesting stuff tonight because I feel like a lot of people on this show, this could be their last this could be their well, NXT the, swan the song. end of the ascension because right. they already are playing vignettes right but charlotte was on raw this week yep so she could get called up yeah um yeah whoever 
Sasha Banks is so good. Too. Sasha Banks like, is she, great. She, I would put the title on her and move Charlotte up. And then you know, Zayn and Neville. Whoever loses that could be headed. I think up. They, they should both, both go, go up. up. Both go up. It's time. Vacate the title. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Have Kevin Owens come in and yeah. Owens is gonna mop the floor with who? I hope they don't put a like a like a job guy against him. I like. I hope they put a. Someone who I, he can like do a ten minute match with. And I'm even like, if he doesn't debut in a match and just debuts, I'd be okay with that. Did you have you been watching his promos? Yes, they've been oh amazing. They've been amazing. So good. Um, I'm glad they let him do that. Is my boy Bull Dempsey on the card against Baron Corbin? I, I hope feel like so. they've been teasing that yeah, match, yeah. but they didn't officially announce it. Yeah, I don't know. I love watching Bull Dempsey do his thing. Bull. Yeah. Bull. Baron Corbin's okay, yeah, but I'm a Bull Dempsey guy for sure. Totally love Bull uh, Dempsey. Love and yeah the Vaudevillains. 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 My boy. I'm torn because I really like, like dragons. Cool. I really like Kalisto a oh. lot. I like Sin Cara, but I love Kalisto. I think Kalisto's amazing. Well, Kalisto is, is. I think he's the most yeah. talented guy possibly on the NXT roster. Wow. I'll go that far. Wow. I think he has the most upside. Interesting. To, on the main roster right now. The the our boys the Vaude Villains though. Yes, big comic book fans. Big comic book fans. I, family. It is very tough to for me to root for anyone in that yep. match. I would be happy with if they all won. Nonetheless, four titles. Uh, I really hope anyone who's a wrestling fan on this podcast. We know mm-hmm. we have many of you. Uh, watch that NXT show. Yes, it's so good. I like the name of it too. Yeah, our evolution. Yeah, because it's revolution yeah. with an R. You know, it's very the, clever. Yeah, they do that. Yeah. Yeah, but WWE Network tonight, oh, or if you want to watch Finn Balor. Finn oh, Balor yeah. and uh, Hideo Hideo Itami. Itami. And Finn, also, he's comic a book comic fan. book fan. He's one of ours. He's yeah. a friend. I mean, like, I'm just excited for these guys. Yeah, and, like, I think it's going to be great. I, be I'm great excited show. to see what uh, Atami and Balor can do in a pseudo-pay-per-view setting. Because they've had the short matches on TV, yeah. but I feel like this is like their chance to really. Did you shine. watch NXT last week? Yes, they had a good match. They, they had, had a good, good match tag. with uh, with with Tyson Kidd and Tyler Breeze. Yeah, that's you know that's another person I'll say I am so on board for Tyson Kidd oh right my now. God. He's the hardest working guy in WWE. He's, he's so on good. every show. Yeah, he is hilarious, yep. and all his matches are good. So good. Tyson Kidd is tremendous yeah. right now. Oh. Um, but yeah, I very excited for our evolution. Yeah. Um, good wrestling to watch. Yeah. And that, uh, hopefully, fin- you know what? There's no, some wrestling there's questions more. There's wrestling here. questions. Yep. We're not done. We'll, we'll get into it more, but let's dive right into this week of Marvel questions and comments from you guys. Yeah, this was, I wouldn't want you to read it, but this is probably, this is like my favorite question we've gotten in a while. This is a great, legitimate question. Uh, so this one comes from Agent Twim. He says, have we ever seen the year 2100, or does everything involving 2099 characters happen within one year? What a great question. I mean, it does, essentially. Because it's always 2099. They totally screwed themselves by naming the line 2099 because it always has to be 2099. But there's no way all that stuff's happened in a year. So there, I have no answer for this. Well, I mean, if, you, great. if you go back and you start to read those books, especially Doom. Yeah. Doom takes place over a very long period of time yes. that definitely puts it out of the year 2099. Oh, for although sure. it's not stated. For sure. But I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, it's it's like, yeah, I just, I love this question. There's no good answer for it, but I'm very glad that it was asked. It's like on uh, on Cheap Heat. It's the kayfabe question of That's the week. exactly what I thought it yeah. was. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but 75 twin points, that was one of my favorite questions in ages. Yeah. And, and totally no answer for it. Yeah. 
Uh, more from Agent Twim, who's just pointing out mistakes. He says a speech bubble coming from the wrong mouth. Yeah, it's probably Ellie Pyle. Uh, he's available if we need another editor. Uh, I think we're so good. We're res I'm rescinding 25 of those Twim points. Oh, yeah, that was harsh. But yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure Ellie Pyle did this one. Yep. Uh, Makes sense. He says, I think I she did, actually. I think she did. It was editors. <laughs> God. She was sabotaging for us from within Half for so long. Out, bro. Uh, Agent Twim says, I just noticed something really annoying about my Essential Wolverine trade paperback. Can you tell me what it is? All right. So it's that the text is facing the wrong yeah. – well, not the wrong way. But it's, it's facing the other way from every other – That's uh, also a very old yeah. essential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I believe because we don't have any of that trade Perfect like excuse that. to upgrade to yeah. the newer version of Essential Wolverine. Totes. There you go. Uh, Agent Twim says, two spiders. I'm surprised I haven't seen a Spider-Verse yet. Zombie Spider-Man and mm. Mary Jane Spider-Woman from Exiles. I don't think we... There's something weird about Zombie Spider-Man. Uh, I, I, I don't know if we Zombies, we don't really, like... Well, we're using... I don't know. No, there was something about... I don't want to get too inside baseball. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to say, there may be a reason we can't use Zombie Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, as far as Mary Jane Spider-Woman from Exiles, that's a good one. That's uh, that, that's one we should be able to use, and I'd like to see. I, who's to say she's not going to be in the background of a sure. giant battle? Like no, but that's I mean that's definitely one. She hasn't been there yet, and it'd be it'd be cool to see her. Yeah. yeah. Um, Agent Trim says Thunderbolts was amazing. I'm going to miss it. It's it been gone for a little while now. Only a couple weeks. Bro. Only a couple weeks. Really? Your life travels so fast. Okay, it does. Yeah. Uh, and then he. he Agent Twim speaks in pictures. Most yeah, of the time. I know. It's it's hard for us. Uh, the, he pulls out a panel from the most recent issue of Deadpool. Yep. Uh, and he says, I will call these monsters Gert and Bernie. Yep. And I'm leaving that there. Yeah, there you go. And he says... No, uh, that's, not, that's from Thunderbolts. Oh, wait. No, you're right. This one. Oh, we're yeah. going... Okay. I, the, the picture is below. Me. The I picture's know. confusing. Yeah. Uh, and he says, uh, whoa, 15 Rocket and Groot comics on sale for $4. Cool. And that's on the, the Marvel app. You can get nice. the Rocket, Raccoon, and Groot Ultimate Collection for three ninety nine. I don't know if that sale's still going on, but it's a great sale nonetheless. Yeah. Then we have Alan Wilkinson saying, well, that's Christmas off to a good start. Screen cap Avengers Alliance where he recruited Molly Hayes from the Molly, Runaways. I, my computer at home doesn't – I can't run – Avengers mm. Alliance because the Flash is too much for my yeah. computer, so I don't get to play when I'm not it's, at work. It's been yeah, the Flash has been bothering me too. Listen, I'm gonna put this out there to all of the Marvel Avengers Alliance uh, fans who are hounding me on Twitter because Justin Woods tweeted that I knew stuff, which I do. <laughs> um, patience, you guys gotta learn some patience. When I say news is coming soon, that could mean a week, could mean a week and a half. Like that is soon to me. Like. Three hours is not necessarily soon. That's, like, immediately. Like, I wouldn't even bother teasing you if it was three hours later. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's there's stuff coming all this week. We should have an update, hopefully, tomorrow, Friday, on a bunch of stuff, including Molly. Who, who are the two characters after Molly? Uh, I see the, the Fixer. And who's after that? That is Hybrid, who you can now get through a lockbox challenge. It's a daily challenge what thing. What the hell is yep. going on? And then that's Karnak. I know that's on. Karnak. Yeah. It's Fixer and Hybrid. You can get Hybrid. What? And you're gonna be able to get another one. I will. I will. I'll give a tease. Uh, the next Spec Op, which should be launching tomorrow, will give you the opportunity to recruit the character who, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know no character makes me less excited to be able to recruit <laughs> than this character. You already know the answer. Oh, I do. If you paid attention, there's your hint right there. And I maybe maybe I'll even put that out on Twitter today because oh, I, I think people it. will be able to guess from that. Um, I am not at all looking forward to this. Fantastic. Cade Benger. 
This podcast is my lifeline through college. Too poor to afford my comics right now, so I have to settle with the podcast. Now, this was a roller coaster of a tweet because I felt bad for you because you said lifeline, and I was like, I'm glad. But then at the same time, I was like, I'm glad we could be that. And then I felt bad that you were too poor to afford too poor to afford comics and then i got hurt a little when you said you had to settle for us so i'm not sure where i land uh i'm okay with it you yeah. know what i think I'm, yeah. in the end i came out ahead I, because we're we're giving we're trying to like inform and keep people updated and entertain right. them and so if we can do that then yeah settle yeah. with us settle for us yeah we're we're the the best you can do. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty new to comics. What are your must-read story arcs? We get this question at least every couple months. Um, we always talk about Marvels. We talk about Avengers Forever. Yeah. I'll look at a lot of the um, Twim URC choices yes, we've done. Yes. Those are all good ones. Um, look at you know in marvel.com slash comics slash discover that will That's have a pretty good guide to it yeah really like we we've specifically created that section of the site and it's also on the marvel unlimited app to tell you guys hey you're excited you you want to learn about x y or z here you go here's everything you can read uh Cade, i would suggest if you can uh get a marvel unlimited subscription it is the best deal for yep. uh, a college student and i've been there i worked three jobs during college and i still struggled uh you will get through it uh and you will be awesome after the fact i got fired from so many jobs in college congratulations yeah i was a bartender at our college bar and i didn't get along with the woman who worked the door and she no one liked her and she like one night freaked out and started cursing at everyone because they weren't leaving quick enough and I told her to chill out um, and she got really mad at me and then she dropped a glass and I was like this is a disaster but I feel bad for this woman because she's clearly miserable so I'm not going to say anything to our boss and then she said something to our boss Ooh. about me and he said dude everyone knows it's her, far- her fault but she came to me first so I fired her oh, horrible wow. horrible story so Chris Vaughn <laughs> says uh, to Christopher Daniels how about this? From Marvel, all-new, ultimately superior Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels number one, featuring covers by Eddie Granoff with an Arthur Soydam zombie variant. I mean, I'm sure I would Chris would it. love that. I would love it. And so would we. Yes. Uh, Handsome Mole Man says, how come Spidey, Spidey 2099 is from Earth 928 when he's protecting his would-be grandfather of Earth 616? Yeah. It's uh, confusing. Sure. I think... 616 somehow leads to 928, and 616 is special in terms of the omniverse or the multiverse in that a lot of stuff branches off of it. So if stuff happens there, it can affect other branches of reality. But this is also one of those cases where you just got to kind of, you know, ignore the numbers and just read the story. You know, remember when I've always been like, I hate the number system? Yeah. This, this is, is this one is of the why. reasons why. I hate it. It yeah. just, it's so confusing at times. Yeah, like, it's just like, that's the It's future. helpful in some instances. Sure. But then it, like, you know, if someone like Cade, who is just new to comics, and you're like, oh, man, Earth 92, 2, 2, 5. I'm so excited about that. What about Earth 828? And it's just like, I'm done with comics. I'm out. Sorry. Dan Slott just too loves much. it. Uh, well. Which I get. Dan Slott has been living in comics I know, for. I know. It's been yeah. helpful for Spider-Verse to an to an extent. Yeah. But yeah, it's confusing. Just ignore it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, HW View says his last, uh, his two Twim of the Weeks for the past two weeks were Superior Spider Man, uh, Superior Iron Man number two. Mm. says Taylor and uh, Kid. L- it's Yildare Sinar. Sinar, so yeah. So he kind of mi- mixed his two names up there. Sinar Craft uh, Game Changing Story. 
as well as Hulk number nine that Jerry Duggan handles Kitty and Magic well with the brain surgery and Banner can't stop Doc Green. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, Hulk for the holidays, Infinity <laughs> Watcher. That's a great, uh, great change. Um, says his pick of the week was Legendary Star Lord number six. He's called it now. Uh, well, yeah. uh, he didn't see that one coming to Sam. Really wanted to like Mr. Knife, uh, and that you know, discussing the uh, the revelation we found in yeah. Legendary Star Lord. Uh, and he says that Star Lord is both the best and worst galactic skyper ever. Hashtag Starcat Nation. Huh. Star we didn't really get into Starcat. Do you know you don't know about the Starcat Nation? No. Oh, it's people who are really into. into uh, I just like the Peter name. and Kitty. Yeah. No. Oh, I mean, I figured. Go on Tumblr. Well, you I, don't. You're not going to go on Tumblr. No, I'll never uh, go on Tumblr. Yeah. Um, but I just like that name. That's a cool shipping name for them. Yeah. So much. Oh, were you? Were you in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. live blog? No. You, you didn't join it. I was on the train. The number of times fans wrote the word ship uh, in the comments on that it, live man. blog was intense. Love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, who is this still? This is uh, Infinity Watcher says, I love This Week in Marvel podcast, but is the quietest low-volume mm. podcast. I always have to crank the volume all the way up. Um, we have not gotten sound I, complaints in a while. I haven't so heard that. Um, we're using better microphones, yeah. better technology. We've done all that we can. Yeah, I mean, at we're, this point, it's on you. The the microphone, uh, the recording level, I will tell you guys, is at ninety. Yeah. If I put it to one hundred, it, it will blow, blow your out. Drums out. Uh, so you know, I'm looking at the levels. The sound is you know right. I don't know what to do. I we Pass this. yeah we haven't heard much from it so I'm assuming that this yeah. is kind of a one off and uh, hopefully you can figure a way around it yeah good luck yes uh, Anthony Watcher says congrats Ben although Thank I hope you. this doesn't mean less time on this week in Marvel probably means more time on this week in Marvel yeah because I can get rid of all my scrub duties and just do podcasts <laughs> all the time yeah podcast nation yeah I palindrome yes there's a podcast channel for Roku gonna listen to this week in Marvel and weep at how far behind I am on comics oh that's awesome that's I didn't know cool. that you could do that the, the thing that that blew my mind I like with iTunes we had to do like specific things to submit the show yeah uh, way back to, when do we have to do something to get it on Roku well here's the thing I started listening I started using my phone for all my podcasts and everything as opposed to an old iPod yeah and yeah, that's what I've always done well, you have you use an iPhone, so right. the the podcast is this the ecosystem. First time I've ever been ahead of you in technology. No, the podcast okay. ecosystem is uh, better natively on an iPhone. Sure. So I have to use a, a separate app, right? Okay. So there's I tried two different apps, and I was just for, on a lark, like I wonder if you can get our show, and it's available. You just search, and it's there, which is great. Uh, I don't have to try to strike a deal with uh, with these podcasts, you know. Um, companies to to get our show up there which is terrific are we like are we in other countries in like different languages i hope so does someone translate our podcast yeah. and re-record it i hope so yes uh imu abdi i hope i pronounced that right uh inhuman number nine the issue was packed i love seeing reader again i loved Enelux. i loved the funeral and the miss marvel cameo R.I.P. Vinatos and Oron. Gone before I started loving you. Medusa was a damn mess in this issue. Uh, Mark Strom and I were talking yesterday about how Inhuman is really starting to hit its stride. Yeah. How it took a little while, because as we know, Charles was not the original writer, so he kind of got, Charles Soule, got handed the book and did a great job right out of the gate, but really, in the last few years, he's been able to kind of own it and make it his own and how it's getting really, really good. He's so good, and so he's good. working on so many so things at once. It's yeah. so versatile. And he's Man. a lawyer. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's incredible. Yeah. Jim Radloff, 
I love this week in Marvel. Patrick challenged Ben and Ryan to a tag match while the two were hanging with Christopher Daniels. Hashtag bad timing. Yeah, I heard about this. I guess he challenges some kind of tag team match, which to which I say, um, Chris and Kazarian will take our place yeah. against Patrick. And then we'll be on the outside. We'll be, man- we'll be managing. Yeah, we'll uh, he'll manage yeah. the, the yeah, crowd. Good luck, good luck, Patrick. Yeah. Um, I think 2014 has been the best year for cosplay in a long time. Can't wait to see the Marvel love in 2015 cons. I know that Judy Stevens, our uh, senior cosplay correspondent, I believe is her official title, um, is working on something best of 2014 cosplay that we were hoping to get up this week. We ran into a couple kinks, but if it's not up by the end of this week, it should be up early next week, and she's got a lot of cool uh, stuff to share with you guys. Cool. Uh, Joshua McCausland says, uh, I'm new to comics. Before time runs out, what should I have read to get a better understanding of this event? All right. So for time runs out, what you're going to want to read is basically just Jonathan Hickman's Avengers and Jonathan Hickman's New Avengers. If you want to go a little further back, like you really want to dig into this, read Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four run. But if you start with Avengers number one from 2012 and New Avengers number one from 2013, uh, you will be in pretty good shape to understand this whole story. If you have Marvel Unlimited, mm-hmm. I would say throw Secret Warriors sure. into your... Yeah, read Jonathan, your, all of Jonathan's Anything stuff. Jonathan's re- written, read yeah. Avengers World, I think has some cool, yeah. like, you know, ancillary ties to yeah. all this. But in terms of, like, how much time you have and how much r- your resources, priorities are Avengers and New Avengers, yep. and then just branch out and read all of Jonathan's stuff. And read Infinity as well, I think, yes. is, a, is a crucial part of it. Yes, agreed, agreed. Uh, Keith Bloomfield says, oh, no. <laughs> uh, seriously, this week in Marvel, you need to sort out your audio. Segments of the show, uh, barely audible, so even a full well, volume. here's the thing. Our last episode was a special case where it's because we were in a comic store in Vancouver. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this was a one-off thing. We'll keep monitoring, but you guys, for these normal episodes, not for episode 162... Uh, tell us if you're having trouble with non-162 episodes. Yeah, like, and is it the .5 episodes that right. you're having trouble? Like, we have a lot of different setups for different situations, so... Uh, Some and, might be worse than others. Yeah, and, you know, we're trying our best. Uh, and let Blake Garris know, at Blake Garris yeah, on but Twitter. The, the real indications is these normal non-.5 episodes and exclude 162 because that was a special case. Yeah, and then that way it can help us pinpoint if it's this section that we're doing right now. I don't know what also to do. Also, let us know if it's the Mark and Patrick section. Yeah. Because that could be it as well. Yeah, because they're recording in a different place. Who even knows with, how they do it? Yeah, different equipment totally. Yeah. Kyle Charles, seeing Beast cry in Uncanny X-Men made me ever so happy. Shame on you, Hank. I'm starting to see a lot of uh, Hank McCoy backlash lately. Because yeah. a lot of the stuff that's going on uh, in X-Men in particular is his fault. I really hope Loki is actually a good guy. Loki, agent of Asgard, is really playing with my emotions. Yeah. Ever since Journey into Mystery, it's really been the question, like, is he a good guy? And, and Young Avengers as well, like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy trying to do selfish things to do good? Uh, Access is a great story for him, and stuff coming up is going to be interesting, too. Nova is an awesome book. Taking on Kla, fun to say. Hats off to Sam for stepping up to the plate. More people need to buy Miles Morales' Ultimate Spider-Man. It's such a great book. Totally agree. Yeah. I think we've said that. It's the most underrated book we have. Just it's consistently so good. consistent. Yeah, it's uh, we overlook it because it's so consistent sometimes. Miles now officially the ultimate Spider-Man, but is Norman really dead? Doubt it. I kind of doubt it. <laughs> um, and what's Miles' dad's secret? We'll find out next issue. Norman Osborn's been dead in the Ultimate Universe so many times at this point that, yeah, I don't think he's ever dead. He's dead until we need him again. Yeah, I like that twist, though. It's like he created this thing with just had so many uh, bad consequences, mm-hmm. and it's like, 
changing him, changing yep. Peter, changing Miles in unexpected ways. Did you guys mark out when Sting turned up at Survivor Series? I did. I yeah. loved... See, I'm a 90s Sting guy, like yes. an early 90s Sting guy. Yeah. Bleach blonde hair, you know, like rainbow tights. I'm the same way. Super, like, those crazy jackets with the tassels and the, the shoulder I always pads. call them the Dr. Pepper jackets because <laughs> they were like Dr. Pepper's only hearts club. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, I, I loved it, you know, like... He was a big superhero yeah. in the wrestling ring to me. I'm the same way as you in that even though it's funny to look at it, because he became Crow Sting in 96. So realistically, he's been Crow Sting far longer yeah. than he was Blonde Sting at this point. But I still, to this day, like Blonde Sting is the Sting I remember. I was really cool to see him. At this point, you kind of figure it was a matter of time, but it was didn't take away from it being a really cool moment. Yeah, just It really felt more special than a lot of others because this is the one guy you're never sure if he would show up in WWE. So I thought it was a cool moment. Um, I thought him, is, him and Triple H's deal was really cool. Yeah. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I did mark that. <laughs> um, also, what did you guys think of Survivor Series? Uh, I don't remember it. Yeah, it, it was kind of a one-match show. Yeah. Uh, the tag match at the beginning was fun. Yeah. But other than that, it was really just – it was the elimination match at the end. It was Dolph's performance, and it was Sting. It was – wasn't it wasn't terrible. It was just kind of forgettable. It's TLC this weekend. TLC is this weekend, and it is now tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs is the official name of the pay per view. They changed it. What are they doing with the stairs? There's a stairs match between Big Show and Eric Rowan. But John Cena's the guy who throws the stairs. Not in this case. John Cena's in a tables match with Seth Rollins. Okay. <laughs> and there's also a ladder match between uh, Dolph Ziggler and Luke Harper for the Intercontinental Title. That should be fun. There is a chairs match between Ryback and Kane. Uh, there's a full-on TLC match with Ambrose and Wyatt, which should be crazy. And what else is on the card? And then there's three title matches. Uh, Nikki against AJ for the Divas title. Rusev against Jack Swagger for the U.S. title. Yeah, again. And then uh, Miz and Mizdow against the Usos for the tag titles, which I think will be a, kind of a sleeper fun match. I want the Ascension to come out and just beat the crap out of all I of them. I think you could get what you want. I can see that <laughs> happening. Um, happy Blade of Thanksgiving, you awesome chaps, uh, and to you as well. Hello, Kyle. Kyle. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. It's, it's Kyle. We don't know if Kyle's British. You just wanted to do a British accent. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Decided to reread Secret Invasion after reading the initiative tie-ins. Forgot how much of a game changer it was. Totally. Z uh, I gotta admit, I wasn't a fan of Deadpool until Jerry Duggan came out of the book. Now I buy it every month. Uh, good, but you should check out some old Deadpool, man. Yeah. Some good stuff. Joe Casey, Daniel Way, all Re those guys. Read Joe Kelly's run from start. Yeah, top I, said, to I meant Joe Kelly. I know you did. Joe I wasn't Kelly, gonna, I wasn't going to try and... They're both men of action. Um, yeah. yeah. I think Marvel should hire Christopher Daniels so he can be on this. We can Marvel every week. Uh, just throwing it out there to us. I would... That'd be great. Sure. I would love to have Chris on every week. Yeah. Doing the intern job. Yeah. He was great at... Yeah. He was great at that. He was so... Our pile of comics was so organized that week. It was it was brilliant. Uh, and he was then so it disappeared. dedicated. It disappeared. Yeah. It did. It walked out the door. <laughs> um, and then he says, the addictions costumes of Final Battle 2014, which we talked about earlier, was awesome. I totally geeked out. Yeah. Kyle Martinick says, my wife just got into comics and loves Once Upon a Time. So she's reading the comic. Any more of those being planned? Um, none that we can talk about right now. But it happened, so there's always a chance that it could happen again. I, I know. think we did. It's very successful, and we love working with ABC on that stuff, whether it's that or Revenge or Castle. So I would say stay tuned. Yes. 
I because I don't turn my TV off after mm. Shield, mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of this Forever show. Oh, where yeah? There's a guy who just keeps getting reborn. It's uh, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll do some something with that. With Forever? Yeah. We'll do something with the Goldbergs. I know. love the. I've never you watched not, the Goldbergs. It's you really good, right? You should watch the Goldbergs. It's I. I think I I'm going to catch up like on it that. at first because they live in this nebulous 1980s. So like right. they mix things from different years and being uh, born in the 80s and like it knowing mess, it, it messes with you. It messes. But like I've come. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. I, yeah. There's a lot of ABC shows we should do comics yeah. for. Blackish. Blackish. My favorite new show this year. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't realize you were watching so many ABC comedies. Yeah. I support the scene. Um, I love Once Upon uh, We already said Once Upon a Time. I love How You Get Away with Murder. I've not seen that. I don't know if it could be a comic, but sure. Why not? Yeah. If we can make Revenge into a comic, I'm yeah. sure we can make that into a comic. Modern Family. Terrific. Modern Family. Yeah. Let's do an anthology Blackiness. style book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right, ABC, let's, let's program let's some talk. more stuff. Let's, ring, let's ring, talk. Ring, Give ring. us a call. Uh, also from Kyle Martinick, what do we have to do to get a reprint of X-Men Inferno hardcover? I am up for almost anything. Uh, I mean, just send us a lot of money. Yeah. And then it might not happen, so yeah. don't do that. Um, I, there's no plans right now. We've yeah. reprinted a bunch of times. Yeah, but not, a hardcover. Hard We've done it in softcover, so, yeah. mm. Laura S. Geek Girl 1138 says, Of course, I'm the one who had to sneeze during the middle of this week in Marvel podcast at Figures. Laura was at our Vancouver podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming out, Laura. Yeah. And uh, Sam Humphries and I both immediately said, Bless you. Yeah. Because you, you were a gentleman. You and Victor Lucas just continued talking. Yeah. We had, we had other had a, stuff. You to had do. a conversation to have. Yeah. Uh, Comic News 215 says, What do y'all think of the budding relationship in Legendary Star Lord with Peter and Kitty? Love it. Yeah. Love it. I think Kitty Pride is one of my favorite characters. In comics, period, and I am sick of seeing her with Colossus. Um, I enjoyed her with Iceman, but it didn't really go anywhere. And I think Star Lord is a good match for her because I think she is—he's great, but she's way smarter than him. And he is one of the few people who realizes that she's probably way too good for him. Yeah. And he treats her as such, which I like. Yeah. I got a wrestling term I want to use oh about. Colossus, I'm gonna call him a white meat baby face. He is a white meat baby face. Total white meat baby face. Although they've tried to turn him heel a number of times, is the funny thing. I know. With the acolytes. It doesn't work. With X Force. Yeah. And I still am bummed out that uh, we don't have Colossus and Domino anymore. That was like my favorite that was Colossus thing in a while. Good, that was a good storyline. That was great. Him. I thought I, I would like to see that be revisited. That was my favorite coupling in a long yeah. time. See? Second time Starcat Nation popped up. There it show. is. Starcat Nation. Mark McDo- McDonough says, look at this. Malibu versus Marvel gem at the local barbershop. Barbershop? So wow. I have to imagine it was in Did you travel back in time to get your hair cut? Right. So it's Ultraverse Prelude. Well, you know what the thing is, though? I remember when I went to the barbershop when I was younger. Now I'm exclusive, like, supercuts and stuff like that. But when I went to, like, my old-timey <laughs> barbershop when I was a kid, that was totally the case where, like, the magazines on the racks were definitely, like, way, way old. But this is like twenty years old. That's yeah. crazy. Is that George Perez? It is. Oh yeah. George Perez, he was on Ultra Force at the time. It was awesome. Of course he was. Yeah. Oh man, that's good stuff. Um totally good. Uh love to hear more about that. Mielio, no, Emilio no Belvarez, sorry for butchering your name, says, great podcast with 160.5. That's Peter Sanderson, 90s. Yeah. yeah, grew up with 90s Spidey, enjoyed hearing about the continuity and the change of Spider-Man. That's interesting stuff. We got a book, Peter, for a 2000s one, but <laughs> time is running out, so I imagine it's probably going to happen in the new year. 
time runs out time in runs like out a week. Very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to have time to get him in here before the end of 2014, but we will have him back. And we're going we now that the 75th anniversary is almost over, which is crazy. I was looking over all the content we did, yeah. and it's nuts. Um, I can't even load it all because we have a limit on how much we can load oh, gosh. when you go to see all. Um, we got to find stuff for Peter to do with us regularly post 75th anniversary, okay. and we will. Yeah, we will. We will find a role for him. He is. He's too awesome to uh, just use for a year. Yep. So, have no fear. Ali PCE Deadmeat says Jessica Jones Netflix. Do we need another detective show? What makes JJ different? I know nothing about her. Sell it to me. If you've read Alias, or if you know Jessica Jones, you know that detective show is hardly the end of what this show will be. She is so much more than just a detective. She is a fully realized character. She is one of the most fully realized characters, I would say, last few years. Uh, you're going to get into her relationship stuff, her sense of humor, everything. The detect I feel like the detective aspect is one small aspect of what the show is going to be. I don't know. I honestly don't know I don't know yet what the show is about. I'm, the go show... I'm going by the comics. I haven't gotten any scripts yeah. yet, so I can't speak from, from actual knowledge about it. But in the, in the comics... She was a superhero. Yeah. At one point, she she had gotten superpowers. Good point. And she tried her hand at being a superhero. Didn't go And well. it went really, really wrong Horrible. for her. And she was a, she's damaged. She's very, like, she's got a lot of emotional baggage. But she's strong as hell. She's friggin' smart as hell. Mm -hmm. uh, she, she's got great instincts to be a detective. And that leads her to, you know, some really interesting stories, really interesting relationships. Um, she She's, like Ben said, she's one of the most fully realized mm -hmm. characters we have. I, I suggest you read Alias. Yeah, if and, you're of age, which I'm assuming you are. <laughs> yeah. Because it's definitely mature readers. Yes. Read Alias, and I can almost guarantee you will be on board. Yeah, you will definitely see this on me. And the other thing we have going for us is Kristen Ritter, because she's super talented. Yeah. And she's going to be Jessica Jones. Yeah. I, I've heard great things about what they're putting together for the show so far, so yeah. very excited. Uh, Ali also says, what's the early word on Dare 2015 Daredevil TV show? Very excited. Dark, light, writer's pedigree. Uh, I've read nine scripts. It's fantastic. I think episode four is going to... People are just going to get out of their chairs and start mm. like doing cartwheels and like throwing themselves through walls. It's yeah. so good. Makes it's sense. so good. It is dark. Yeah, it I was going to say, uh, it's pretty dark. We showed some stuff at New York Comic Con, so that's not spoiling too much. Uh, you can read any of the reports that we showed. It's a, it's a violent show. Yeah. Uh, but it's got really great emotional stuff. Um, Will, Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk is just, I'm in, done, sold, done. so good. All right, Penelope Cat. My yeah. Tomb of the Week is All New Invaders, month in, month out. I just love that book. So sad it's ending. Yeah, bummed that All New Invaders is coming to an end, but... It's not the end of James Robinson at Marvel, and you know he's going to be bringing some of these threads wherever he goes next. All New Invaders feels like a classic super team from the 70s or 80s without feeling dated. I think that was the goal, so cool. Plus, Martians and Kill Raven and Pete Carrag Russell Inks. Really going to miss All New Invaders, but happy for what we got. Also love De Deathlock, Nova, and Cyclops this week. That's all I bought. Everything else will be read on Unlimited. That's not a bad uh, way to, to divvy it up. Not at all. Probably should have mentioned how great Mark Lanning's art on All New Invaders is, not just Russell's inks. That's, you know, Pete Craig Russell overwhelms us all. Yeah, he does. Uh, and then last time of the week, tough choice. Going to declare a tie between Angela number one and legendary Star Lord number six, which nice. I think is where we landed. 
um, despite not having read Legendary Starlord number six when we recorded. <laughs> also bought Hulk versus Thanos and Inhuman, which are also great. Starlord is still as good as he's ever been. His art is crisp, dude. Yeah, it looks good. Like it, it. He's he has not uh, dropped off or taken any shortcuts. Yeah. Uh, oh my Gill says I got to talk to Fabian uh, in quotes. Mm-hmm. I got to talk to Fabian Nicieza, uh, Nicieza. Nicieza about the nineties. Uh, talking about you, yep. and he said, uh, Gill says I hoped it was Super Pro, but it was New it Warriors. Was New Warriors. Sorry yeah. guys. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff. People when I said I talked to him, people were like, Oh, I hope it's X Force. I hope it's Super Pro. I hope it's this. I hope it's that. For me, Fabian Nicieza is New Warriors. Yes. And he even said in the interview, he said that if he. If he died today, his tombstone would his his comics tombstone would probably be New Warriors, which was a ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, which was a totally morbid thing to say, but yes. whatever. Uh, Gil says I've been trying to come up with a good WWE TLC Marvel question, but I failed. Aww. Maybe book a TLC match between the Avengers and Hydra. Mm. Gosh, this was a better as a Survivor Series question. Yeah, doesn't really. I mean, uh, book a TLC. They have a TLC match. Yeah. The Avengers win. <laughs> that's it yeah, <laughs> and there's a table spot wrestling matches with uh, superheroes is just tough because they can do things that sort yeah, of that's what wrestlers say every time we ask them you know how would you do against Wolverine and they say like well he's got claws and a healing factor yeah. so I'd lose yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright Rob Nolan Ref Gamlin just finished This Week in Marvel 160.5 the 90s with Peter Sanderson love 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 these apps such a great guy thanks to all cool glad you enjoyed it listen to what we said earlier Please try not to speed through the collection section of the uh, section of the app. I have to rewind. Listen, not a big criticism. Apologies. It's just really useful to know what's out each week, trade paperback and hardcover wise. Totally valid point. Great info to know. Something we will take to heart. We will try to go slower with those. I think at that point it's like we're trying to get to the break. Yeah, we've so we just done speeding. like yeah. twenty-four single issues, and we yeah. want to make sure that like we don't go an hour and forty-five minutes right. because. That's a long But show. that's important info, and yeah. people need it, so we will we'll pay attention. Yes. Busy times means I'm behind on episodes. 159, wow. It was great, and although I didn't have time to read House of M, the review was ace. House of M was really the start of the era of events. Brian Bendis really did plant the first seed for a vast future. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff, yep. even now, thinking about it, and, like, yeah, who they are and where they have gone. Uh, Rob Lobster. Yeah, great, man. Great name. Says, awesome time meeting Ben Morse and Sam Humphreys at Taz Comics. Check out the international edition of This Week in Marvel. Yep. Uh, Rob Lobster is one of the folks I know from Vancouver. He works on the um, Booked podcast. Nice. Great podcast. You guys look that up. It's a fun comic book podcast. And he came out and saw us, which is really great. Cool. Apparently, he did not meet you. Nope. If, or if so, it was not memorable. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm not yeah. memorable. It's no, bad. me and Sam had said, said hi to him. Rob's a good guy. Yeah. Thanks for coming out, Rob. Raph A.B. says, I finally got the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Blu-ray. Let's watch that with the French subtitles. Uh, he says, I'm still waiting for Uncle Ben Spider-Man and JJJ Spider-Man, a.k.a. Spider-Stash, to appear in Spider-Verse. Mm. I mean, like we said earlier, there's plenty of room for everyone. Hopefully we'll see everyone you want. I love this next question so much. Uh, <laughs> he says, in This Week in Marvel, Ryan and Ben said that Fitz, Simmons, and May are going to be added to the comics with S.H.I.E.L.D. by Mark Wade, but not Sky? <laughs> or does that mean Sky is already part of the comics, like Coulson? It just means we didn't, we forgot to include her? Uh, no, it means, did you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week? Think about the question. Oh, 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 oh. Think about it. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's two two ways to go because I think the sky uh-huh. is a character on in the book. 
different from. Oh, is she? I think so. I didn't know that. I think I could be wrong, but that I maybe she was not because of what we right. learned. This maybe week. yeah. I'm speaking out of out of school, so yeah. Uh, you may get Sky, but if you don't, now you know why. Yeah, you should watch this. If, this if you week's. watch the winter finale, you understand. Well, why. and Raph is in France, so he probably hasn't seen it. So. Right. Uh, go anywhere on the internet <laughs> to get the spoilers. Sure. Yeah. Not to watch it illegally. Right. Watch on. Can you watch on like ABC? Not in not in France. You need Man, to have France a, is the worst. Yeah. France is just the flat out worst. Oh boy. Okay. So Will Scott, you stop? Scott McElroy. Uh, Tweeted to Peter Sanders of all the point five this week in Marvel podcast. The interviews with Peter detailing Marvel history are my favorites. Uh, we love them too. I might be the only this week in Marvel listener who wants this, but we can we please have a new Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commando series set in World War II and written by Garth Ennis. That would be a pretty awesome Christmas present. I, that doesn't seem like a request that only one person would want. No, I mean like, like people would love that. I would buy ten copies. Mm-hmm. Axel Alonso would buy a bunch of copies, but yeah. I just don't see them. It happening. I don't see it happening, but it's a cool idea. Yeah. Squirrel Claws. Dirty Lash. Always keeping with the times. You guys at Marvel aren't the only ones that can drop cool teasers. What is this? I think this is uh, Dirty Lash's uh, way of saying, I'm having a baby. Is it really? Yeah, May Oh, man. It's, you know, I hope they, it is. A second kid, because it looks like they already they have, have a Jack. kid named Jack. That's that is very, brilliant. Congratulations. Like, congratulations, Squirrel Claws. And uh, Dirty Lash, Squirrel Claws, what am I doing? Um, and that's awesome. And please, uh, that that's very that's very clever. You have that baby. I thought it was a teaser from the people who did the movie Jack. <laughs> We're teasing a new movie called Baby. I wish. That this is better. This uh, is far better news. Amazing. Uh, Stephen Barr says, did I miss something, or is there no This Week in Marvel interview with Peter Sanderson on the 80s? Should I be listening to 152.5? Uh, it was definitely the 80s. Well, yeah, we so, definitely had an 80s episode. Or, yeah, he definitely won the 80s, so yeah, you're going to have to go back and look. But uh, it's yeah, there. Go through your feed. It's it's certainly there. We've done, you know, up to the, we did 50s and previous, I think. Golden no, age. we did Golden, Golden Age, then we did 60s, yep. 70s, 80s, 90s, and we'll have to do that we'll today yeah. and tomorrow. And forever. My cats. Uh, Tech Lord, Lex Pendragon. Have you guys seen the podcast dedicated to the 75 greatest Marvel stories? I have not. No. Sounds interesting. Yeah. I know you and I tend to not listen to comic podcasts outside of work because yeah. it's what we do all day. Yeah. I listen to only wrestling. I listen and, to only wrestling. And movie podcasts. I don't even listen to movie anymore. It's pure wrestling for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally one-dimensional. Yeah. Um, and then Will at The Magic Never Ends. More this week in Marvel. Really need lively Agent M and Ben J. Morris Entertainment to stay awake on a three-hour drive home from visiting family in New Jersey. We're great for drives. Yeah, I would listen to us on a drive. Yeah, I do sometimes. Yeah. I don't. Oh. All right, let's finish up with X-Men First Classy. I'm reading the intros on A Plus X, and I can hear Ben reading the questions part half sarcastically while Nick Lowe obnoxiously reads the answers part. I always heard Jordan White's voice with the uh, questions half sarcastically. <laughs> but I am honored to be considered. Nice. Um, and then finally just says, dude, Iron Man, though, just read Secret Origin. Hashtag hello, Arno. Wow. <laughs> it's, uh, just catching up on that. Yeah. Cool. Right on. All right. So you guys have your assignment. If you haven't read Marvel Zombies and the accompanying Ultimate Fantastic Four issues, read them this week. And use the hashtag from URC to let us know what you think. For and sure. until then, just, you know, keep tweeting at us. Yeah, we'll be here. We'll be here next week. Yeah, I think I'm going to be in next week. 
Hope so. Most of the week. And then we got to figure out the holidays. Hey! There'll be some special stuff coming at you guys. Maybe a maybe, maybe we'll do a best of show. Okay. Just that make takes Blake too much edit work. one. Yeah. Well, I don't care. It's Blake. And hope, on that note, hope you didn't listen to this part, Blake. Bye. <laughs> this is Marvel, your universe.